Listener supported. WNYC Studios. NYC NYC. Welcome to NYC Now. Your source for local news in and around New York City. From WNYC. It's Monday, October 16th. Here's the midday news from Michael Hill. Americans are among the millions seeking to escape the war in Israel and Gaza. The David family lives outside of Tel Aviv, but traveled to New York to be with relatives. Ori David is the father of the family and a pro soccer player turned coach. He says the family is used to occasional rockets, but this time it's different. We used to, uh, every month uh, or every two months or every year, to get some rockets from Gaza. But the situation right now is different. This is a different situation that we are not used to. It's a dangerous place right now. The David family arrived this week to hold their son's bar mitzvah in Long Island. They hope the celebration will keep spirits high. So far, the war has claimed more than 3,600 lives. Brooklyn residents are getting a new recreation center named after the first black woman elected to Congress. Mayor Eric Adams and city officials broke ground today on the Shirley Chisholm Recreation Center in East Flatbush. The 74,000-square-foot center will feature a gym, an indoor pool, a commercial kitchen, and a media center. Officials say crews will complete the project in 2025 at a cost of $141 million dollars. Three years ago, then-Mayor Bill de Blasio said the city would build the Shirley Chisholm Center in Brooklyn. 58 with clouds right now, a slim chance of afternoon showers, partly sunny and 61 for a high. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 61. Then Wednesday, mostly sunny and 63. And we'll warm up to the upper 60s this week. What should I play? I haven't even tried this piano yet. Why don't we play a little bit of a piece that I think you might know. It's a new season of the Open Ears Project. I'm Terrence McKnight, here with stories from people who share the piece of classical music that guided them through some of the most important chapters in their lives. Listen now wherever you get podcasts. Election Day is in three weeks, and depending on where you live in the city, it may seem quieter than usual. But what you may not know is that every voter in New York has an election to vote in on November 7th. And in some parts of the city, there are some heated contests for local council seats. Joining us now with what we need to know before we walk into that voting booth is WNYC's senior politics reporter, Bridget Bergen. Bridget, who's actually on the ballot in this election? So there are no citywide or statewide candidates this year. However, as you mentioned, all 51 of the city council members will be on the ballot, and that's because the district lines changed through redistricting. In some races, the incumbent is running without a challenger, although you can always write in a candidate of your choice. But as you mentioned, there are a handful of very competitive races, which we'll get to in a moment. There are also district attorneys in the Bronx, Queens, and Staten Island. And depending on where you live, there might also be a few judicial contests on your ballot. Which of those council races are expected to get the most attention? For context, remember that council members play this incredibly important decision-making and policy-setting role for things that impact our everyday lives. You know, if you want Mm -hmm. the library to have longer hours or 
more childcare or early childhood education through your local school, or maybe you want a new affordable housing development in your neighborhood or more oversight of city agencies like police, fire, sanitation. That is what the council does. So all of the incumbents but one are running again. And this morning, I'm going to touch on just two of the most interesting races. We'll talk about some more as we get closer to the, the election. The first is in South Brooklyn. That's Council District 47. It's kind of shaped like a barbell now after that redistricting process. And you've got Fort Hamilton and parts of Bay Ridge on the west side, a kind of narrow strip north of Diker Beach Park, and then over on the east side, Bath Beach and Seagate. So we've got it in our minds geographically. The boundaries of this district changed a lot through the redistricting process, so much so that we actually have two incumbents, Justin Brannon and Ari Kagan, running against each other. But in another twist... Kagan changed parties earlier this year. So Mm. even though he was elected as a Democrat, he is running as a Republican and challenging uh, Brannon as the Democrat. Now, this is why this race matters, even if you don't live in this district. Brannon is chair of the council's finance committee. He's worked closely with the speaker. He knows how the council works. Kagan is also incumbent, has deeper ties with some of the local Republican groups in the neighborhood. And this is a district that is Deep Purple. In 2021, voters gave Republican candidate Curtis Sliwa about 47.8% of the vote and Eric Adams 47.3%. So Mm. this is a really interesting place, kind of a bellwether district to see how voters are feeling um, in a purple district in the city. My colleague Julia Hayward has a story coming on Gothamist with more about what voters are saying in the district. But bottom line, An incumbent is winning and an incumbent is losing, and that's going to mean a change Mm. for how some voters feel represented. So a lot more to come there. That's a strange one. What's the other race you want to mention today? So that one would be in Queens, where incumbent Republican Vicky Palladino is being challenged by former council member Democrat Tony Avella. This is over in Council District 19. So again, to get our heads in the geography, we're talking Bayside, Bay Terrace, Whitestone. Um, Palladino, you may remember from some newscasts, is a very vocal member, more of a Trumpian Mm -hmm. Republican. Uh, Avella is a decidedly moderate to conservative Democrat. And voters here are also more conservative. Republican Curtis Lewa won almost 40% of the vote compared to Eric Adams in the 2021 mayoral race. Um, This is also a rematch for Palladino and Avella, who had a very close race back in 2021. The one other thing on everyone's ballot will be those statewide ballot proposals you mentioned, right? Yeah, absolutely. And a hat tip to my colleague, John Campbell, who broke them down with you last week. Yes, he did. Uh, you know, the <laughs> short version of that, the longer conversation is, the first question is about extending the debt limit for small city school districts. And the second is about allowing cities to borrow money to make repairs to their sewage treatment systems without it accounting against their debt limit. Oof. Okay, it's wonky stuff. It doesn't directly impact people living here in the city. But as John explained, these are state constitutional changes, so they require a statewide vote. And if you go to Gothamist, you can find his explainer breaking down those questions some more if you still are puzzled as to what you're being asked to vote about. Bridget, every time elections roll around, I I wonder about this question. How does a voter check to see if they are indeed registered? Well, the the easiest thing to do is if you're a New York City voter, you can go to the New York City Board of Elections website that is vote.nyc. There's a button right smack in the center of the page that says, am I registered to vote? 
If you're not, you can register online or in person at a local Board of Elections office up until October 28th, which is the first day of early voting. It's a really exciting thing. We'll be talking more about that coming up in the weeks ahead. WNYC's senior politics reporter, Bridget Bergen. Thanks, Michael. Here to York, we are heading into the second week since Hamas attacked Israel, reigniting a bloody war in that region. On Friday, thousands of people took to the streets in Times Square and in Brooklyn to protest the Israeli bombardment of Gaza that has followed that attack. But although law enforcers said it was ready for possible violence, those protests were peaceful. Here to catch us up on what happened and look ahead to what's expected in New York City is WNYC's Bahar Ostadam. Bahar, what happened last week? You know, this is a really sensitive and emotional time. There are families in New York and New Jersey who are grieving their loved ones who've been killed in Israel and Gaza. Some are, you know, still waiting on their loved ones who are being held hostage by Hamas. Um, There are Palestinian Americans, including some from the tri-state area, who are stuck in Gaza without help from the U.S. State Department. Like you said, the NYPD and the FBI have maintained throughout the week that there are no credible threats to New York City. But as a precaution, the NYPD has upped its security outside synagogues, mosques, certain neighborhoods. There have been vigils for Israelis who were killed. There was a Unite for Israel rally in Livingston, New Jersey yesterday. And like you said on Friday, thousands of pro-Palestinian protesters flooded both Times Square and Grand Army Plaza. You were at that protest in Brooklyn on Friday. We're going to play a clip from that. Our grief is being used to beat the drum of war. Not in our names. Bahar, what was that protest like? This was a group of mostly Jewish New Yorkers with Jewish Voice for Peace demanding an end to what they call a genocide happening in Gaza. It was a really emotional night. Um, There was a rabbi who paused at one point for Shabbat prayer. And then after shutting down several blocks in Park Slope, over 100 police officers poured in to arrest almost 60 people. That also included two state assembly members. Actually, earlier in the week at a Brooklyn College pro-Palestinian protest, Republican Council member Ina Vernikov, who's been a vocal supporter of Israel, was arrested for coming to the protest with a gun strapped to her belt. We started out the week with a lot of concerns over public safety. With the hindsight of a few days out, what have we learned? Mayor Adams has said repeatedly that he's focused on using police to protect New Yorkers. In his words, um, as recently as last night, quote, specifically Jewish New Yorkers. We've already seen, unfortunately, hate crimes unfolding last week. Um, Israel supporters attacked and beat Palestinian men on at least two different occasions in Bay Ridge and Williamsburg last week. We've also Mm. seen anti-Semitic defacing of posters. And of course, you know, there are likely more incidents happening that aren't officially reported to the police department. What can we expect for this coming week? The last couple of days, you know, as the situation in Gaza gets deadlier and deadlier, we've watched thousands of protesters around the world take to the streets. Um, you know, on Saturday, a six-year-old Palestinian-American boy outside Chicago was stabbed 26 mm. times to his death by his landlord. The public response to that killing remains to be seen. WNYC's Bahar Ostadam. Bahar, thank you. Thanks, Michael.
Thanks for listening. This is NYC Now from WNYC. Catch us every weekday, three times a day, for your top news headlines and occasional deep dives. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. More soon. I'm Ira Flato, host of Science Friday. For over 30 years, our team has been reporting high-quality news about science, technology, and medicine. News you won't get anywhere else. And now that political news is 24-7, our audience is turning to us to know about the really important stuff in their lives. Cancer, climate change, genetic engineering, childhood diseases. Our sponsors know the value of science and health news. For more sponsorship information, visit sponsorship.wnyc.org.